The house is small but solid looking, with a grey slate roof and whitewashed walls. You can see it from quite a long way off, across the fields as you approach up the lane towards the top of the cliff, especially during these cold months of winter, when the trees are bare and there's nothing but the gloomy sky and the circling seagulls interrupting the view. It's on its own, a bit of a landmark, sitting up there so close to the edge. Sometimes on winter nights it's almost like a lighthouse looming out of the darkened sky, a warning, letting us know we're approaching something, approaching the end of the lane, but more than that, the end of everything. I've lived in Horbury Down for most of my life, and although I've never been inside Cliffsend Cottage before, I know all about it. Everyone around here knows about the crazy old lady who lives in the house perched on the edge of the cliff, who refuses to move out, even though half her garden has now gone into the sea, and the environmentalists don't think it'll be long before the rest goes, followed by the house itself. People come up here to Horbury Top, as it's known, local people as well as visitors to the area. They come up this tiny, dark lane riddled with potholes, bringing their cars as far as they can, until the lane peters out, and then walking the rest of the way up the track on foot. And they simply stand on the edge and stare. It's a sight, all right. The waves crashing down below, where over decades, over centuries, they've been eating away at the base of the cliff, destabilising the cliff top from beneath, until bits of it crumble and topple into the sea. People were up here taking photos earlier this month, when a tremendous storm, combined with a high spring tide, finally sent an overhanging section of Mrs Jackman's garden, including her potting shed, down to the hungry sea below. They stared. They took their photos, and they went away muttering about the stupidity of the woman who still insisted she wasn't going to move, saying she'd know when it was time. I was there myself. I'd like to say my curiosity was purely professional, but to be honest, I was being just as nosy as everyone else. I'd never met Stella Jackman before, and I wasn't going to believe all the outlandish rumours and ridiculous myths that circulate this town about her. But I was intrigued. And that day, some of us who were up there on the clifftop did get to see her. The woman some people referred to as the Witch of Cliff's End, because of the weird wailing noises reputed to sometimes come from her cottage at night. For a few moments when she came out of her front door to call her cats. She was just as I'd imagined her. Small, with wiry grey hair and a weathered look, as if she'd been outdoors her entire life. On the spur of the moment, I took my chance, rushing towards her as others held back, pretending they weren't watching. Excuse me, Mrs Jackman, I gabbled. I'm Holly Brooks, I'm a feature writer for Devon Today. Oh, you are, are you? She said, looking me up and down. She started to turn away, but I went on, desperately trying to detain her. I was rather hoping you might agree to have a chat with me, about your home and the terrible damage from last night's storm. My home's fine, she said calmly. No damage, she met my gaze and added. No chat. Well, at least I tried. I consoled myself as she went back inside, closing the door behind her. I don't think so the editor of Devon Today, Frances Small, said in response to my phone call, without trying to hide her boredom and irritation. She wasn't nicknamed as Frosty Fran behind her back for nothing. She'd listened in silence as I'd outlined my idea for a feature on Mrs Jackman 
and Cliff's End Cottage. There's been enough written already about that house. Enough pictures of it too. Coastal erosion has been done to death. Find me something new. Although I'm a freelance writer, Frosty Fran's one of my most important clients, and my feature submissions to Devon Life are normally accepted. And I really needed something to be accepted as soon as possible if I wanted to avoid going into my overdraft again. Even with my cleaning job on the side, it's tough at times. Trouble was, I knew Fran had a point. And to be fair, even if she grasped the idea with open arms, I had yet to persuade Mrs Jackman to talk to me. What if I try a different angle? I blurted out, without having even thought it through. A more personal angle, I mean. She, Mrs Jackman, must be in her eighties, and people say she's lived there all her life. She must have some stories to tell as well as explaining why she won't move. There was silence for a moment. Are you sure she'll talk to you? Fran said eventually. I'll find a way. I swallowed back my doubts. I'd have to find a way.